the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Right back at you like we never left. <laughs> Except one of us did leave. Uh, Jason is not here this week, Brian. He's not. He's he's out. Uh, he's making a living. He's working for the man. He's, he's keeping it going. He's out there, uh, yeah, making that cheddar. So <laughs> making uh, it happen. Making it happen. So uh, he's out this week. Uh, we have a special guest. I don't know if our our, our guest is ready yet, though. He, he he's had some issues uh, logging on to this thing. I believe he is here. Uh, special guest, without saying your name, are you here? Maybe he doesn't feel special. Yeah, I think it's safe for us to interpret that silence as, as maybe. I think he can hear us, probably. So he can hear us, but he cannot respond. He is typing in the little chat room as we speak. Haha, ha, I totally hear y'all, he says. He can, to- <laughs> he, he can totally hear us, yep. but he cannot. we cannot hear him. Nope. Yeah, I've uh, I felt that way a few times in my life. <laughs> you can. I think yeah. it's going well. I don't. I think everything's fine. Yeah, I, th- I think we're doing good. I, but actually, uh, <laughs> the I wanted to start this week by asking you about the network. Uh, we kind of mm-hmm. uh, a while ago kind of talked about the state of the network, the number of shows, where it was at. It's grown a lot since then. Since then, COVID has happened. Uh, so many things that affect how the network works. So I guess just kind of maybe we should start with the state of the network that this show is on. Sure. So the the um, Queen City Podcast Network had grown to about 28 shows uh, at the beginning of, of this year, like, say, February of this year. So so kind of right before everybody's wheels fell off. Uh and so, you know, things were going really well. Uh, and quite honestly, they still are going really well, all things considered. You know, the, 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 we do have a handful of shows that have, that have kind of shut down for the, uh, the duration of the, uh, um, of the pandemic. Some shows that, you know, um, it just kind of doesn't make sense to produce those shows during a pandemic, uh, given the situation. Um, so we're operating at about uh, 75%. Okay. Uh, in terms of the programming, um, but the cool thing is, and and I've probably mentioned this on uh, on the podcast before. So while podcast listenership across the country is down about ten to twelve percent, uh, a podcast listenership on the network remains up about thirty percent, even though we're running at a at a at a reduced uh, capacity because of the uh, pandemic. So, um, you know. 
uh, clearly listeners are plugged into what's going on locally because they're uh, they're tuning into our podcasts uh, in you know larger numbers than ever over the last three years, and 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 I think they want to stay plugged into local, and they're looking for a diversion. You know, they're looking for you know they're looking to keep up on what's going on in their backyard but they're also kind of looking for maybe some shows that you know don't necessarily just focus on that kind of like we do on this show mm-hmm. you know so it, it it it's been actually uh you know from the network's perspective it's been promising and it's actually kind of borne out everything that I've I've always kind of thought about podcasting was that that you know there was an opportunity to make podcasts particularly effective on the on the at the local level mhm Mm-hmm. And I guess with your background with news, you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of saw some parallels. Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, you know, we've been able to kind of you know to steer some of the podcasts um, in a direction of covering some things that you know definitely needed to be talked about. Um, you know, both in terms of the pandemic and then about uh, uh, recent uh, events with uh, Black Lives Matter and 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 um, and things like that, and then and then some other shows that have just stayed the course and 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 just stayed in their lane and did what they do like uh the podcast from hell and uh prime after prime and things like that you know shows that aren't necessarily just focused on on kind of what's going on here locally so it's it it's been i you know it's a difficult time i think for any sort of media company and i think we've i think we've done as probably as well as could be expected as far as just kind of pivoting when, when we need to pivot and figuring out where the, you know, where the gaps in coverage are locally and, and, and what, you know, kind of, we think that people may want to listen to. So um, it's been a challenge, but, you know, so far so good, at least, you know, from our end, I mean, the, the whole concept of the network has been kind of proven by what's happened during the pandemic. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So then what aspects of it all would you say surprised you one way or the other in terms of what you thought this pandemic would mean for the network and what it has actually meant? I was um, like every, every business person, probably large and small, you know, when the whole thing started and the stay at order, stay at home order uh, came into place. I, I, was concerned about, you know, obviously the future of the network, the future of our uh, relationship with uh, Ortho Carolina and, and, um, and the support that they give us, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, had no idea what was going to happen. Ortho Carolina um, to their credit has been great. Um, We've been working pretty closely together on some of their messaging, um, you know, during podcasts on the network and, and, and how to kind of, you know, how to continue to spread their word. And they've been great just about continuing to support us. And, and, and I think sort of understanding the value of, of, you know, of what it is that we provide to them and obviously what they provide to us. So, um, I was, I mean, I was mostly surprised that, um, from top to bottom, our podcasters just continued to do what they do and, 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 and have done it, you know, at a really high level and have done it, you know, when you look at like what um, Queen City Nerve has done um, here locally, um, especially during the, the um, demonstrations and, and, um, and things, um, um, their live streaming of, 
of a lot of the things that have happened in Uptown Charlotte, particularly the the protesters getting kind of cornered um, mm-hmm. down that street uh, mm-hmm. by CMPD. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, you know, they live streamed that event and then talked about it on their podcast and 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 have apparently at least some facilitated a change in um, CMPD's procedures and, 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 uh, and that's what, you know, local kind of journalism is all about. And, 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 you know, the fact that, you know, the network could play even, even a small part of that. I mean, all of the credit goes to um, um, Justin LaFrancois who was out there, you know, every single night, um, live streaming what was going on and captured that whole event and uh, Ryan Pitkin from um, Queen City Nerve um, all of the credit goes to them but the fact that you know the network by way of the News Hounds podcast um, was able to play kind of a small part in what had happened uh, in those events and things like that is is a is a, a real testament, you know, like I said, to what, you know, local news coverage is supposed to be and certainly what local news coverage is, is becoming as, as kind of larger news organizations, especially at the local level, struggle to figure out how to do things. Um, the, the smaller um, operations like Queen City Nerve are actually just going out and getting it done. So it, it, it's a, it's really kind of interesting to see the uh, the pendulum kind of turned in the other direction, especially when it comes to local news coverage. Mm. Yeah, that's um, and kudos to you for kind of, kind of having your eye on what you thought the future could be for some of this, because you know that that this was not the landscape that existed. <laughs> no, <laughs> when you no, it was. Yeah. I mean, from years ago <laughs> when you started to even when we started the Comedy Zone podcast, it wasn't yeah. like this. No, it changes every day. And, 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 um, but now there's a lot of talk about like, you know, well, what does digital media look like after COVID? What does media in general look like after COVID? You know, um, I'm actually talking as we record this, I'm speaking to this, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte chamber of commerce tomorrow about, um, about that, Mm. you know, what does, um, what does digital media look like? Um, after COVID, and what does that mean for local businesses? And what opportunities are there, and what and what are things that they need to be aware of? And um, um, I mean, the biggest thing, and I know this isn't particularly funny necessarily, but uh, um, but the biggest thing is it, it, the way that the way people are consuming digital media, uh, particularly during the pandemic, it was already kind of changing. But COVID nineteen has really sort of accelerated uh, the change in the way people consume digital media. So um, we're not going to movies, you know. And I don't, I don't know that we're going to go to movies again. I don't know that uh, movie theaters are are going to be a thing once this pandemic is over. And and you know because we're watching Netflix and we're watching movies. You know, uh, the movies that were supposed to be released in the summer are now available first run on Amazon for 20 bucks. Yep. You know, uh, um, you know, so that's changing. Uh, uh, concerts, uh, comedy clubs, you know, uh, uh, when are we going to be comfortable to go and sit in a theater 
or you know to watch a broadway play with you know a couple thousand other people or to go to you know i hate to say it out loud but to go to a comedy club or to go Mm -hmm. to you know um a concert venue you know to see the rolling stones play you know in a in a stadium with eighty thousand people in it um I don't know when we're going to be comfortable doing that. But I, you know what I will say though, I, I prefer that to be the issue than an industry that just got replaced. Like, you know, right, like, right. like, right. like one thing we learned about comedy uh, <laughs> through this pandemic was that uh, we ain't found a way to do it without live crowds and audiences uh, no, uh, yet. yet. Not yet. Not that not now, you know, the people that watch their comedians on Netflix continue to do so. But in terms of fans of what I do, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that I don't think we're going to look back and go, man, uh, people are now they just want to see comedians from home. (laughs) It's just like, nah, those shows have not been what live shows were. I think that's been the general consensus. And the way that, you know, the way that we're, you know, that we're producing digital media has changed too. If you look at what um, Saturday Night Live did and what, you know, your local news is doing and what um, Dave Chappelle did with his uh, stand up special, you know, wrestling, WWE. I mean, uh, you name yeah, it. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I came across, I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to sports, but I came across a soccer game last night with no crowd, mm. you know, um, and it still feels weird because you're still seeing these like, you know, soccer players rub up against each other and stuff. And, Mm-hmm. Um, all the guys on the bench are wearing masks, but the guys on the field aren't, which is a little weird, but, uh, you, you know, and, 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 uh, um, the, the, the types of events that you know, we'll be able to continue. I don't see the NBA season being able to continue. I don't see the NFL season or, oh, they're already continuing the NBA but, season. Yeah. But I mean, how soon until they have to shut it down? Oh, well that's a, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I yeah. Mean, they, they, uh, yeah. And was it I saw was it the Milwaukee Bucks play by play guy uh, tested positive? So not like yeah. he's got like how, how are they going to do that? The play by play guy can't even, you know. <laughs> and, and he, <laughs> Damn, he, he's not rubbing up against anybody, you know. So like, how are they going to how are they going to do this? Um, it, it, it's just everything is changing, and and even um, even meetings um. But, business meetings and zoom meetings are not going to go away. You know, they're going to be a thing, you know, of the day-to-day work um, schedule after this, because we've, we don't, you know, now we don't have to drive everywhere to, you know, to sit in a room with someone and, and, and meet. And we've always had that um, capability, but you know, now everybody is doing it and everybody's seeing like, Hey, yeah, we can get stuff done um, via zoom, you know, or via video. So everything, um, I think this is going to change, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things that we're doing right now, uh, because of COVID-19 are, are going to change, I think fairly permanently, uh, Mm. once all this is over, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't see us going back to, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, Amazon and Netflix and and um, all those some providers uh, um, and people who say that you know people who don't want to fund the arts well 
you know, what did you do when everything shut down? You, you went to the arts, you went to, mm. you know, to see movies on TV and, and, and everybody and, watched uh, Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you don't fund the arts, then, you know, what are we going to do the next time a pandemic hits? You know, yeah. uh, it's, it, it's just, it, it's, um, it would be fascinating to watch it play out if it wasn't so absolutely horrifying. Um. <laughs> oh, there he is! <laughs> this is our special guest. Our, our special guest came in like Buster Rhymes. He's very loud, and um, he's, he's woo So, so Brian, does he? Does our guest need to do something special with his microphone? Because he is loud. I'm about to throw it in the trash. <laughs> we should That's... be just happy you here, really. <laughs> Nobody ever is. <laughs> well, our special guest is, is uh, J.D. Caldwell. Uh, he, he's been a guest before. This is what, the second time or third time? Man, you third always forget man. about me. Yeah, you always forget about me. It's been three times, man. Three times? Has it been three times? Yes, sir. So this is right. his third, third appearance. Happy to have you. Uh, welcome welcome back uh, to the podcast, man. And um, I was interested in having you on, uh, partly because you are one of the cats that is to some degree back out here performing now, now, um, you know, a lot working of comedian. Yeah. <laughs> it, what, what? It, indeed. So, so he's, but it's, it's for a lot of comedians, you know, that they're struggling to find work. A lot of clubs aren't open. And a lot of comedians well. aren't comfortable oh, wait even doing it, you know, in this kind of situation. But with you, you are not only performing some stand up, but you, are back with the funny bus and doing those tours again. So you are out here performing uh, during everything we're talking about, correct? Correct, man. It's a it's a true blessing. I uh, it was one of those gigs that I've always like before COVID. You know, BC. Like I was, I, I sort of like complained about it. Like I did. Like it's it's totally different than like a stand up set. But now that we're in the thick of everything, like I feel really blessed to have the opportunity to perform on it, and and I really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Now we talked a little bit about the funny bus before, but I know you and I have had some conversations uh, away from the pod just about how the, and for those that are listening, it's like, okay, funny bus. What is it? F- could you explain to people what the funny bus is for listeners that ain't familiar? So, okay. Funny bus, check it out on funnybus.net. It is a, a hour and a half tour around Charlotte and it's uh, it's, it's history based as well as comedy based. So it's uh it's comedy history, um, and it's all about the Queen City of North Carolina, and uh, it is uh, it's it's super unique because you get a mix of people that are looking to do touristy things, historical stuff, and then you also get the people that are uh, locals that are just looking to ride around on a bus and get some laughs. Mm, so you got a, a nice mix in that audience. Yeah, it's a good mix. Uh, sometimes the locals tend to just like uh, they just kind of want to you know go real hard on the on the hey we're outdoors now thing and uh drink real hard and not really see that it's a show uh but it's like uh it's it's a trade-off it's totally a trade-off and every single show is totally different so then you're at the you're at the front of the bus with the microphone as like when you see in movies when people are like touring la or touring hollywood or something no no no. The, i call it a i call it a yoga mic that's what it is yeah really? yeah it's just yeah it's a it's a it's just this wraparound thing and then it just has this like little pinky finger that's like right in front of your mouth and oh. that's it Oh yeah, you got to tap into your inner self, Mike. 
Yeah, sure. That one, the hands-free mic. There you go. <laughs> no, the, the, where they say yoga, they like just get quiet and everybody <laughs> like, like that microphone. I know exactly the microphone you talk about when you say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, the one where you can hear so everybody then, breathing. What are some of the similarities between the funny bus and a typical comedy club performance? Ah, uh, yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> he doesn't. He misses us too much. He does. I think it's going well. No, this is fun. I, I can't believe it took so long to get this mic working. So he was asking about similarities between, I would imagine, uh, the funny bus and, and doing stand up. Yep. And um, yeah. yeah, sweet. Um, uh, the funny bus is uh, it's 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 its own unique entity that kind you kind of have to like like bring stand up to it. Um, and uh, so stand up, you have a, you have a crowd that's like dark and they're all spread out around in front of you and you can't really see them. But uh, but on and but you can feel them. Like I I know I'm talking to some comedians when I say stuff like that. Like you can feel the crowd out there uh, oh, yeah. on the bus. Yeah, on the bus, you you know you can. Uh, the crowd is just like right in front of you. It's two rows right in front of you, and and it's gotten it's it's been a really unique experience to kind of like be able to to see people and feel them at the same time. As as gross as that sounds, <laughs> and uh. <laughs> uh and so, and that's, that's a big difference because in stand up, like you're kind of just, you, you can't really see people's facial expressions. You're just going off the, the, the feels, but, mm-hmm. but on the funny bus, you're getting the feels and the facial expressions. And as well as, you know, like the elbow, uh, each other, whatever, like what's coming up next. And it's pretty like, it's pretty rewarding when you do it correctly. I'll say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so when you do it correctly, now what is correctly versus incorrectly? Is it just like bombing at a club? No, well, like Bob, you don't really ever bomb on the funny bus because the bus is moving and you can never just be like, Hey, look over there. But like, uh, (laughs) I do that on stage sometimes. Hey y'all look over there. Yeah, me and you both, man. Uh, the, no, the, the it's the, you don't really bomb on the funny bus, but you can lose the crowd, and I guess that's the same idea as bombing. Um, I guess bombing in a club, it, it's like there's this brutal feeling to it. Like um, there's just like every, you know, like everybody knows what's happening, and you're bombing, and and the 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 wait staff is like walking by, like is he okay up there? You know what I mean. <laughs> But but on the funny bus, when you like when you lose the crowd, they're all just talking to each other and the 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 bus is loud. The wind is moving and things like that. So they don't you, you kind of just fade away. You don't really bomb. On the funny <laughs> bus. You just you fade away. And then and then you can just turn the music up and, and it's a successful show. <laughs> so have you ever been up there? And it's like, all right, let me go ahead and start fade. Well, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I just I just uh. I just want to clarify that I am the worst reviewed tour guide on the funny bus. Oh, shut worst up. reviewed. Worst reviewed. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got a Zagat rating of, of 3.8. That's what I got. <laughs> 3.8. But that's not bad. You know, that's not bad. Like that's like a high end Denny's, you know, like it's, yeah. It's, three, it's so, three point, I don't know how to scale is is a three point. Usually, three point eight is not good unless it's like a forty time. I mean, out of five people, no, out of four people now, one of them got fired. Out of four people now, that's that's not bad. You know, everybody. It's an average between four point five and three point eight, and uh, I'd like to think that I don't kiss that much ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so then, so if a, if so, you have the ability then, if it's not going well to 
to just uh do you like dim your voice like a light and then just kind of transition into the music or how do you <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah uh no 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 i mean well it, this goes back to being able to see people um you can kind of tell when they just like start looking at each other and like looking out the door or out the window and uh then you're just like hey here's some disco music <laughs> you don't ever fall into that shit some comedians do like come on that was funny y'all come no, on i i mean I, i'll be honest with you when i so i've been out there i think four years now and when i first got out there the first like year uh was just like me like trying to wrestle the crowds and to being like this is a show motherfuckers you paid for a show <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's that's honestly where the bad reviews started. That's honestly where the bad reviews started. Karen too much. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you know, like you, you stand-up comedians, we care a lot about the show and what we're putting on in front of everybody and things like that. And when you, you bring that into a new environment, like like the funny bus, you, you, you can care too much. That's a good way to put it. And like everybody's not there necessarily for the stand up comedy show. I'm doing air quotes right now. And uh, they're, but they're there to have fun and relax and see the city and enjoy themselves. And so it's kind of like a process to find where your comedy fits in into their idea of the show, because it's not you know, they didn't buy tickets to a stand up comedy show. They bought tickets to a bus that moves and uh, is is has some funny stuff happening on it. That's it. but you know what that brings up another interesting parallel uh, because I feel like with stand up comedy, part of getting better sometimes is not caring as much. It's weird to say, but not well not, not caring. You care about the craft. And you care about in terms of effort that you're putting into your material and your performance. But in terms of letting, being, letting, coming out there and catering or trying to um, adjust or being overly concerned with the audience's opinion on your perspective. And like part of being good at stand up, like the greats like Bernie Mac, George Carlin, the guys folks praise is because they came out and didn't give a fuck. Like right. that was that was part of the appeal. That's part of Chappelle's appeal is that this guy is just going to say whatever's on his mind. So part of like being good at stand up, I feel like, is to stop. Like for me, I used to I mean, I I don't know if I admitted it to myself, but I was like I cared about people liking me. I know what you mean. I know what you, you mean. Know what I mean? Like you, when yeah. you get up there, and you want to be liked. For sure. And and part of getting good at comedy is caring less about that and more about making sure people see who you are and what you really think about things. And they like you. And they like right, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Cause sometimes they just don't like you. Like <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> sometimes they just flat don't like you. But uh yeah, so part of part of stand up, I think getting better is is not being just so consumed with, I mean, you're talking about a different way with funny bus, but part of standup is caring a little less too. True. Oh yeah. Very much so. That, 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 uh, that, that, that transfers over into the funny bus because that's like, you know, the people that are there, the, not necessarily the tourist people, but the people that are buying it for the show aspect, like you can, but you can pick these people out in the crowd. Like, um, when you, when you're, when you're looking at them and, uh, the, those are the people that you really want to like shine to, like, you want to let them see your, your goods and your bads, like all of that. 
Uh, and but they're on the funny bus like that's not 100 percent of the crowd the other part of the crowd is like these touristy people wanting to know like what this statue is all about and why is it here um, and then like sometimes you have like the drunk crowd in the back and, and it's all this weird balancing act trying to get all of that you know on the same surfboard for lack of a better metaphor to to just have a good fun show and and i think enjoy like taking all of that and making it into a fun show takes away a little bit from the, uh, my love for stand up, but I mm. still feel very blessed that, uh, I have the opportunity to get up there and be goofy and be silly and things and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Now, what was, what would you say is the biggest difference between mm. the funny bus and the stand up comedy stage? Like you just named a real big difference was that you have to balance <clears throat> the funny bus shows with people that want to see historical stuff. They're not necessarily there for comedy. So you got different crowds that are there for different things that you're trying. And as a comedian though, I'm sure you want to work on things sometimes or, or just kind of work that muscle some. So it's like, you're trying to do a balancing act. So maybe that's the big difference, but are like, are there any other huge differences? I mean, the open air is another big difference. Yeah, and the fact that, so doing comedy outdoors just in general, like, it is really, really difficult. Like, mm -hmm. stand-up comedians don't understand how much they take for granted a closed space that is dark, that has zero sound interruptions coming into it so that they can connect with, you know, the the crowd that's paid to see them or whatever. And the Mm -hmm. funny bus is totally opposite of that. Like, it's loud. Uh, there's all these distractions happening. Uh, the The sound system is, is solid, and you can you know you can get in front of the sounds, but it's um it, it's key, it's really tough to maintain that attention span with all of those distractions. It, it kind of ebbs and flows. Whereas like in stand up, you know you can grab a hold of that attention and you can just go with it. You can ride it and you can go as long as you can mm. go. And and that's and that's and that's that's killing it. That's doing your job. That's do You know what I mean? Like all of that is a mm-hmm. successful set. Whereas on a, on the funny bus, like those moments, they ebb and they flow because there's, you know, no matter how, how funny you're being and how good your, your, your punchline is, if there's a, uh, if there's a homeless guy running in the middle of the street with his, with his pants off, like you're not gonna, mm-hmm. you're not gonna top that distraction, uh, to, you know, to keep the attention of everybody. So it's a, and, and then you kind of have to like jump out of, your stand-up mind, see what's going on, and and just adapt to to all of that. Man, yeah. So that's <clears throat> that's a lot of moving pieces, including the, the stage itself. Exactly, man. I, I say it's yeah. like it's a the you know well you do stand you, you're the stand-up and, and uh, it, it's kind of like if you'll get the metaphor. It's like it's like going to play tennis with a with a ball machine, but you have like five or six ball machines shooting at mm. you at the same time, and, and you're trying to hit them all but there's no way you're going to hit them all. You just got to look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you got that part too where it's like there's certain historical facts that you're responsible for getting out there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, she doesn't harp on it so much. The boss lady doesn't harp on it so much more, but like with the first year that I was there, she was like definitely like send um, – uh, sneaker people in like uh scout spies or whatever Yo. yeah yeah and make sure yeah for real to make sure i'm going over the script and hitting the talking points and things like that and i don't know if she's just stopped doing it or if i've just recognized everybody but it's gotten a lot better 
all her friends. <laughs> so with 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 COVID and and people's kind of antennae being up about it, have the shows been any different pre-COVID versus post-COVID? Like people's energy, any differences you feel or see? I I I think the shows have gotten a lot better on the funny bus, and I, I've done a few shows like down in South Carolina where they're letting people do that stuff. They uh, I've done a few stand up shows down there, and everybody there at those stand up shows were super happy to be there and excited for the for the show because it was something new, something different, and and that that energy totally translates into the funny bus just with a higher price point, and uh, it, it's it's. Everybody's excited to be there, and I think they're more in tune to the show now. There's less people that are coming out to be like, "Let's just booze it up. We got nothing better to do." You know, they've been saying that for months. Now, now they just paid money to to come out and see a show. Show, and and it, the it, it's gotten a lot easier to hold the attention after the COVID. Mm, okay, okay. Now, yeah. so I know everybody's got. We always talk about some of our worst stand-up sets and all that. Yeah. Funny bus. You got to give one? us just what this the worst or one of the worst funny bus stories you got. Oh, dude, I got the best one for you. I got, <laughs> there's like, I, I got a good, probably three of them that are solid. And uh, this one, this one really like, it, it really makes me laugh every time I, I tell it. <laughs> so uh, the the first like 10 minutes of the show is, is like recapping Charlotte and like the little bit of the history of Charlotte and things on like that. And um, I talk about Billy Graham and I, I do a little bit of ball busting about how the fact he's not here anymore. Uh, da, 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 da. And then uh, we go by a cemetery, not like two minutes later. And I start making fun of all the people that are in the cemetery. And um, they're not going to say anything back. It's all good. So this guy uh, gets mad. It, like, he loses his mind. Like, 10 minutes into the show, he loses his mind. And, like, uh, he's like, that's not funny, asshole. And oh. I was like, right? And there's the, – so this is before COVID. This is probably last last fall, I'm thinking. And um, the bus was probably – it holds 40 people. I think it was probably 30 on it. And uh, this guy's sitting kind of towards the back. It's him and his wife, and he was like, "Hey, man, that's that's not funny, you asshole!" And like, I, and I, I didn't hear him <laughs> say it at like that at first, but like I kind of heard it. But so I kept going, and it was it was one of those situations where you weren't sure if somebody's talking to you or not. So I kept going, and then he started saying like, "Well, you're not funny at all, you asshole!" And I was like, "I, I definitely heard that." You know, that's like, I definitely heard that. That's like, sounds like my dad. You know what I mean? Like, so I, uh, I was like, hold up. What are you, what are you saying right now? He was like, you're just making fun of dead people. And I was like, what do you like? Come on, man. You're 10 minutes into the show. Like uh, he was really old too. So maybe he was, I don't know, projecting a bit. Um, <laughs> he was close. Yeah, he was. And he just flipped out. And, and so he's like pointing his finger at me. And like calling me this not funny asshole, and I was like, "Dude, listen, man." I I told the driver, I was like, "I was like, just, I was like, just stop the bus. Like, we're not going anywhere." Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I was like, "Pull it over, dude. Like, like, you, just get over there. I'm not going anywhere until this guy gets off the bus." And and he was like, "You know what, man? I'm gonna get off this fucking bus. This thing ain't funny at all." And his wife is just like, she's holding her head down. Like and just so embarrassed. embarrassed. So yeah. embarrassed. He's in the middle of the rows and like just throwing his hands up like like he's like 
just throw it away up there. Like, yeah, I'm going to get off this bus. And he's just cussing everybody and everything. And he points at me and he's like, fuck you. And I was like, whoa, all right, well, get off the bus, man. It's all right. Just go. And as he's going down the steps on the bus, hold on, hold on. Don't tell me bus his ass. Get off the no, bus. No, 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 no. As, as he's going down the steps on the bus, he, he turns and louder than I've ever heard anybody, like with the microphone or not, he's like, I'm going to get off this goddamn bus. And if any, and if any one of you had any ounce of self-respect, you would get off this bus too. <laughs> God. <laughs> And and I was just like I and then we all just started talking after that and his after he did that his wife comes by me and grabs my hand and just says I'm so sorry and <laughs> yeah I, I and I think it was like a post like a PTSD thing that happened and I don't know what triggered it or what but it, he just lost his mind on there and and <laughs> have everybody it everybody started laughing when he turned around and did that if any one of you has any ounce of self respect. <laughs> Did anybody sink their heads and walk off? No, 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 man. Every, no, everybody right, was. Guys. Yeah, everybody was 20 years younger than him, and they were just like, wow, what was that? You don't make fun of the dead where I'm from. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus I think, Christ. I, I start off with a pretty big Billy Graham haymaker, and I, and I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that got under his skin and I, I just tell everybody, everybody's going to get offended, but this is a good place to start. And, and I don't think he liked how it started. So yeah, you, oh, you hit Billy Graham. Now some people, yeah, they ready to fight you after that trip. For, I mean, clearly <laughs> <laughs> if anybody had any self-respect. <laughs> now Brian, I've heard a lot of things, people walking out of my shows. None right? of them has yeah. ever said if you have any respect, you won't continue to listen to this person. <laughs> if you had any self-respect, yeah. well, that's, damn, that's man. He really, he really, he he came from way back with that one. Yeah, he did, man. He uh, he, he reared back. It's so funny, memorable. Like I, I didn't, you know, I didn't wish that on anything. It came out of nowhere, uh, and I just I didn't even know what happened. I had to like recap everything with everybody, like so we get a break halfway through, and I just I told everybody take a break, and then I was like I got to talk this out with people who saw that, and then like there's like five or six people that stuck around with me, and they're like, yeah, that guy was crazy. I saw him twitching and things, and so I, it was weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and not only it's one thing you know like to walk someone in a in a. Um, I'm a comedy club, but you know, this is a, but the dude's 15 minutes from his car mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he walked. Him, so it's he was, like, he was pissed. <laughs> so he, so five he said, I don't give a fuck where we are. Just let me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. He did. He just, and he got off and he left. And, uh, and, and, and that was, it was so his wife shook my hand on the way out said that she was sorry. And, and it was, it's a really funny story. <laughs> Brian, you make, you make an excellent point. When you walk somebody at a show, they walk in a little yeah. bit to their car. John, mm-hmm. it's somebody across <laughs> town that's got to figure out how they're getting home. That guy's five miles from his car. Five miles from, he's like, I don't, I can't, I, I don't give a fuck. I'm not waiting for this bus. And she, and you know, his wife was like, hey, like, come on, like, at least wait till we get back to the car. I can't listen to another word of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Now yeah. that's what I call walking somebody. Yeah, I walked them hard. You walked them across <laughs> across uptown. <laughs> you sent him on but, a march. Let me see somebody do that on the funny bus. You can't do that. 
This man said he'd rather go on a civil rights march back to his car (laughs) than hear another goddamn word you had to say. (laughs) That is a good story. (laughs) I could... the the, the 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 generational gap was so evident, man. Like just everybody else on the bus was just like, "What the hell was wrong with him?" And and it was it was it really after you know talking with everybody at the break or whatever, I felt a lot better. But from that like ten minute from that probably the next half hour, thirty five minutes, man, uh, the whole show was just me being like, "Oh, they don't like this." The cranking up music, like, <laughs> yeah, that man, that, that man, hey, because you know what? Because it wasn't about the material. Right. At yeah, that point, right, that right. man hates you as a person. He just, the sound of your voice is what this guy has. He doesn't I like felt- you. Right. I felt it. Because you've already yeah. stopped and been like, look, let's just relax. He said, it's like chalk, scratching a chalkboard listening to you. Like that, like it, it, like at a point that somebody's saying, look, I will get off this bus and walk back across town. It's not about the jokes anymore. He just can't fucking stand you. Now, I don't know yeah. whether there was some kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Did y'all have a history you didn't know about or nothing? Uh, nothing, man. I, I didn't, you know, I've never met this man in my life. Um, he reminded me a lot of my dad, but that's, that's projecting about a lot right there. Uh, but seems- no, no, this, this is my first time ever meeting this particular person unless he's like seen the bus before and i didn't know it and that i don't i have no idea man like dude so did so once he okay so he get he he finally gets off the bus his wife gets off the bus does everyone other people get off or did you mention you said six or seven stayed on or what happened no 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 no. everybody stayed on the bus and uh, everybody that was on the bus was at least probably 15 10, 15 years younger than him. And then uh, we, we went about the show, a lot of fun. Everybody, we, I just kept on like calling it back and and being like, well, if you don't like that, if you had any ounce of self-respect, you would be dancing <laughs> right now or something like that. And uh, You know what? That's, that's one thing I definitely have to give you as a comic because I've seen you that way on stage too. If mm-hmm. something doesn't go over or whatever, you don't run from that. Like you say, oh, I guess you don't like such and such or like you acknowledge what happened in a way that a lot of comedians aren't comfortable doing. And I think that makes shit even funnier Ah, when you're willing to acknowledge it. So it seems like you brought that same thing to that situation where it's like, I'm not going to run from that. I'm not going to pretend that didn't happen. We're going to address it and try to have fun with it. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I I just I have this thing where like I um, where. A lot of, in my experience of life, uh, I've been in a lot of situations where you get the fight or flight mechanism, and mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I always, I usually choose the fight, and and I, I think I've found myself in a lot of um, situations where majority of people would be flighting, um, <laughs> yeah. ahead, but I, I just, I, I don't know what that is, but that's just, that's just me. I'm gonna hang in there, and. Uh, uh, and this that, that that was all I could do to make me feel better was to just talk about what this guy just did. Like, <laughs> just like he said that I was unfunny and then said, fuck you to my face and then uh, left. You know what I mean? Like, But remember, he told everyone else that something was wrong with them if they continue to <laughs> right, enjoy right. you. Yeah, exactly. And, and and so the crowd came. The, the So we hit the break and then like, you know, majority of people got off. But there was like a few people that hung out. And uh, they were like, yo, that was great, man. You did a good job. That guy was fucking nuts. And it just took those little people to like be like, oh, thanks so much. I, I won't jump out into traffic. 
<laughs> well, you know what? That that's cool that the rest of the crowd was there like that. Does that is that the same as kind of a comedy club crowd? Like, because I've seen situations not quite the same thing as that, but different things happen, and there's a back and forth or something like that. And then there's that awkward for a lot of shows. There's that awkward space after the person gets thrown out or after the person gets up and walks out where people are like, okay, what are we? But it sounds like you just jump right back in, had fun with it. And then the audience kind of, maybe that's part of where the open air and some of that shit helps out because. Yeah. I think, I think that helped out a lot. Huh? The open air. The open air. Yeah. I, I mean, then you I can have distractions from it now where it's like, well, that's you know, I mean, you have to talk about it. I mean, because like, even in that awkward, you, the, what you referenced, even in that awkward like moment where the people are leaving or whatever, that that always kills me as like even even as just you know somebody in the room just watching that um mm. if if the comedian doesn't just talk about what just happened and and yeah. so it's still in the air and it's still there and, and that goes back to feeling like like you can feel that it, people are kind of still thinking about it or not mm-hmm. thinking about it and it definitely took that to the to get back from the break for people that I could tell nobody else was thinking about it again and and that was that was that's, nice. that's a hell of a recovery yeah i guess i, I don't know it was it was uh <clears throat> it was super i don't think i could have recovered in a comedy room in a stand-up comedy room if i didn't have any kind of distractions around or like a, a music to like crank up and like or whatever like i don't know what would have happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i'm trying to think of that at a comedy club but i'm like yeah you got your work cut out ahead of you to get back to a show after some shit like that yeah, yeah, for all sure. Focus is on you then. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I mean, I've, uh, <laughs> in my brain, I'd like to think that I would like react successfully in that comedy environment or whatever. But uh, I, I know I did on the funny bus. But that comedy environment, well, <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it sounds like the funny bus. Uh, number one, it just sounds like a lot of fun uh, being up Dude, in front of folks like that. Because, I mean, we talk about a bad show, but I would imagine the average show is a whole lot of fun. Yes, dude, it is so much fun. I mean, just being on a bus that moves and and you can drink on, that's another big difference uh, between, like, the comedy club and uh, the funny bus is it's BYOB. And so people feel really like like they're at, like, a NASCAR event. And like mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of like energy, like we're getting drunk uh, sometimes, I should say mm-hmm. the, the, when that when that crowd gets on there, the show is it, it's it's either a challenging or b done. And you just, you know, you, you leave it at, at the music and just jump in where you can. But but that's the big difference, because at a comedy club, like like, you know, those drinks are expensive, dude. Those are real expensive drinks and you mm-hmm. can't bring in anything. But on the funny bus, everybody's like extra ready to like get drunk because they brought their own beer. We even play a drinking game on the bus, so everybody gets like really shit faced really fast. <laughs> Do you get to drink too? If I want to, uh, like that first probably two years or so, I definitely made sure I was drunk when I went up there. Na- nowadays, <laughs> uh... I thought you was gonna say the opposite. I made sure I never yeah, had a drink when I. He said, "I made sure I was shit faced if I got on that thing." Yo, for real though, like it, and uh, it, uh, but but nowadays, like it, it's all about maturing, and and I kind of like have matured into the to the spot that like 
I don't need to be drunk. I don't need to be anything out of out of the ordinary or anything like that. Um, it's just uh, mm-hmm. the comfort level has been achieved, you know, and and so it's 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 good to go. But but as far as the crowd goes, they're they're dude. Sometimes they get on there and they'll bring in like a case for like an hour and a half show between like six <sighs> people, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah and and it, it's just you, you kind of like just make sure you guys sit in the back that's where just go to the back don't worry about don't don't sit in the front that's that'd be terrible <laughs> <laughs> well i'm I, uh brian I, brian I don't know do we need to take a break uh we have 47 uh, here yeah we don't need to yeah we just talk right. through it okay um yeah. so we got a few more minutes then uh yeah. So uh, it's it's a, a topic I wanted to cover, and that's why I was like, I didn't know whether we need to take a break to get to it, but we'll just go through. Um, we were talking a little earlier, me and Brian, about, and I think you might have been here for that discussion, but kind of talking about how things have changed with the pandemic and the stay-at-home orders. Me and you have kind of talked about it, too. Again, just kind of us chatting, but yep. how parties have kind of changed comedy the way comedy's delivered movies now are coming straight to have to come straight to home instead of the theaters and me and brian were kind of talking about some of the things that made changes that may be here to stay and i said one thing that we kind of got lucky with was as a stand-up performer that's not one of those things that looked better during the pandemic like going to a live comedy show versus sitting at home watching somebody do jokes from their living room. Like we're not replaceable like that. Like the comedy club is not replaceable. Like maybe IG parties and some other things are, because if you play the music, I could really hear it at home with a couple friends. Like I don't necessarily, especially at 40, I really don't have to be at your club, but with comedy, it, it don't hit the same. And it's not, you gotta be in the room with that energy for live comedy to feel the same. It's just, you can't do it this other way. 100% agree. 100% agree. The whole reason that, you know, as a comedian, you're up there and you're, you're like, it's all, it's, you're feeling this stuff. And yeah, if there's nothing to feel, you know, you don't really know what to trust. You know what I mean? Man, that's an excellent point. And to be honest, that's part of why I was kind of apprehensive to jump on some of these shows where it's like, yeah, everybody sets up a camera at their house and performs and we have this thing or that thing. I, I I was like so much of when I'm up there is off of the energy and, and I get up there and I tell people it's like an energy exchange. Like that's why I'm jealous of you is because I can, I can tell you're feeding off of that energy while you're up there. Yeah. They feed it. They like, so the crowd, it's almost like, and for somebody that doesn't do stand up, you can you can you can certainly understand it. I, but to do it is to to feel this, like yeah. you are having a conversation. It's just that the other person's not talking, it, and it's so weird be, because like it, it's it, I'll compare it to. So I've done a few virtual shows. Have you done any virtual I, shows I, at all? I, I haven't done any. No. Yeah, they're 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 weird, man. The the, the best I can compare them to them. Um, especially after, you know, spending a half hour talking about the funny bus is the virtual shows are a lot like doing a funny bus show without people paying attention and just plowing through the material. Doesn't matter like who's on board with it or not, but you're just plowing through it and you're just hoping that the rhythm is finding where it's supposed to go, regardless of what the feels are or what. And the ver- it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. 
Yeah, I, I could. And I saw it early. I saw it early. Um, and, and, and this brother did as good a job as you could. Yeah. Uh, when Sean Jones did uh, Laugh for the Cure. Now, usually right. that's a live event at the, the uh, McGlone Theater. Uh, but this time they did it. They wanted to still have the auction. Shouts out to all the folks at the Comedy Zone and Susan G. Coleman and other folks that put that together. Um, they usually have it in a theater with big people and they come and or, you know, big crowds, seven, eight hundred people, whatever it is in a theater. And they um, they come in and they bid and they do stuff there. Well, now they wanted to still do it, you know, to support the charities and causes. But they did it in like a house somewhere or some like house or building or museum, whatever it was, it was some kind of, it, I think it was a house, but they had right. Sean and the host. She was like a news news uh, person. And Sean was Sean, like hilarious, mm-hmm. funny. Uh, but the sh- it wasn't the same. It wasn't even close to the same. Don't get me wrong. You're looking at him and still laughing, but the Sean yeah, Jones yeah. experience, there's a reason he calls it that. Like, sure. oh, yeah, it's an experience with Sean. This guy, like, he's one of full those comedians, throttle. it's full throttle, he's a force of nature, and you don't get all of that in a living room. With so, that's what I'm kind of saying. Like, he's still funny, but you have to understand the, the degree to which a live show is in an experience unique to comedy. It's like, such I, an you, you have to have that aspect of it for comedy to have all the full flavor it can. I think that's why comedy is going to come out even stronger after all of this stuff clears up or goes away or whatever you want to call it. Just because people well, you know, they, they've been staring at screens for so long and they're going to be super excited to come out and experience a, a, a Sean Jones experience, you oh, know, man. like, oh, man. like, like everybody's going to be Jones and literally Jones and for all of that. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's, it's going to be really cool for standup comedy for those that can, you know, hold, hang in there and, and fucking make the most of it. Like it's, it's the virtual shows are like as, as terrible as they are, it's still, you know, you're still getting your mechanics in and your routines mm-hmm. and things like that. And it was interesting because when I talked to Jason about it and, and he described it cause he did a, uh, one or two virtual shows and he described it similar to you. And it reminds me of when I asked people how that have taken the COVID test, like how is the COVID? <laughs> and I, and it's real particular because they say it doesn't hurt and it's not bad. It's just like awkward as hell. Yeah. And, and that is kind of how these shows get described. I had <laughs> like, it was, it wasn't bad. I just can't call it your dome. It, it just felt like somebody sticking a stick up my nose. It was just, <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a yeah. weird 20 minutes. It was I, different. I, I don't know. Like, I, I appreciate the metaphor. I don't know if I can, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can jump on board with it, but I totally get the sentiment. Uh, right. But, Not uh, bad, yeah. just awkward. Right. Yeah, just this isn't normal, and and that's what we're all. That's the like state that we're all in right now. Is like, what the fuck is normal? Like, you know, like no. we're all we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the same game for for all of us. And speaking of, of new normals, this actually is a fun little uh, segment that I, I thought of, and I, I rapped about it with Jason and uh, John. We kind of corresponded a little bit, or JD, we kind of corresponded a little bit about it. 
Uh, but I, I, we were talking about movies earlier, and it kind of struck me that I was thinking about The Sixth Sense. Now, The Sixth Sense was just one of my favorite movies of all time. Just that twist at the end was one of the <laughs> yeah. best twists. I mean, that, Usual Suspects, there's just a couple movies for me where it's like that twist really got my ass. And That's the hook, yeah. That is the, I, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, Sixth Sense was amazing for a hundred other reasons. But one of the reasons is because of that twist at the end where Bruce Willis, and if, listen, if I'm spoiling it, whatever. No, uh, yeah, to, dude, yeah. At, yeah, at, yeah, at this point, like, past, yeah. yeah, like I don't feel anything for that. Uh, <laughs> you go watch Sixth Sense anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Bruce Willis, of course, realizes that he's dead. Right. And I thought about that and I'm like, for some reason, it popped into my head. I'm like, we're in 2020 and 2020 is such a unique time because like 20 years ago, people talked about the future and they talk about like aluminum foil looking spacesuits and all this other shit, this Jetson stuff. But 2020 is the future in a sense that it's a very unique time. Like we're at a real unique spot in history where the next 20 years probably won't look nothing like this. And the 20 years before it won't look nothing like this, especially these last four. So for sure. sure. So it's like, we're at a unique place in time. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, what movies did we kind of love or watch years, 2030, whatever years ago, that would just be totally different in 2020. And one of the movies that I love was Sixth Sense. And I thought about, I'm like, what would be different? And one thing that would certainly be different is you know how in the movie where Bruce Willis is like watching his wife uh, talk to people or there's conversations about him or, you know, she's missing him and all these things are happening. People are grieving and he's trying to intervene and say stuff, but he don't realize he dead and nobody's speaking to him. <laughs> I said the difference between that then and now would be all of that would transpire on Facebook. So it would be a whole bunch of people posting about Bruce Willis's death and Bruce Willis sitting there like, you know, sending notifications and shit, tagging people like, what are y'all doing? And I'm they're, right here. And they're starting to go fund me and all this for it. It's like, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, right. Like that. you pounding the keys. <laughs> what is going on? Like, and then you're, you're trying to reach tech support. Like what? <laughs> yeah. You don't understand. Number one, you don't understand why everybody thinks you're dead. Number two, you don't understand why you can't reach out to them. So it would just all happen on Facebook. So that was my one of the ones I thought about. I thought of a couple more. Um, I, I thought another one out there. Uh, Dude, Will, that's exactly that's exactly how I felt trying to log into this thing at the beginning. <laughs> Yo, we had so much trouble. I'm like, <laughs> does the Queen City Network have tech support? Do, do you hire somebody? We need to call tech support. No, it, it the 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 uh, the tech support was 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 great. This website is fantastic. It was it was all on my end, but I, I just felt like I was dead. I was like, I was trying to like talk to you guys, and you guys, you know, couldn't I couldn't talk. Anyway, keep going. What you guys AOL or some shit? Or you still? Uh, no, nah, yeah. it's just the Dell. <laughs> He's connecting on Prodigy. Yeah. It's just a Dell with a DSL. That's all. It's a DSL dial account. Well, another one uh, I thought about was A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, what? I've never seen that movie. What is, is, that, is that animated? Well, uh, Brian, I'm sure you, you remember this movie and could explain it a little bit better to me. 
Oh gosh, it's been so long. The only thing I remember about it is that uh, Michael Palin does a ridiculous impression of someone who stutters. That's the only thing I. <laughs> I know it's a. Perhaps, fit, I know surprisingly, it's a, that's the only thing I remember. It's yeah. a mermaid in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about yeah. It's a it's a it, it it's a heist movie, right? Isn't it like a like they're? Yeah, I don't remember. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Oh well, whatever one it is, where because it, it, hell, it might not be a fish called Wanda. I could be wrong on that, but whatever the movie is, where the dude falls in love with the chick that's half of a fit, the half fish. Oh, that that's Splash. I thought oh, that was Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh my that's bad, Splash. My bad, I meant Splash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mix up my my white fish movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here, I thought I was the one screwing up your bit. No, I'm, I'm fucking it up. Yeah. I'm talking about tech support. I need the research. So, yeah, uh, a, a fish called Wanda uh, no, really splash. was Splash. Yeah, it was yeah. Splash. Uh, so Splash would be different then. And uh, really with Splash, it's just the water's a lot more polluted. And uh, Homegirl would have just come out of the water looking way different. Like, I don't think she yeah. just, you can't way swim out of this shit and come up looking like that. Looking way different. Oh, she, first of all, she'd have shit all hanging off of her. You wouldn't have just come out the water pristine. Not this water here. This was shot yeah. in Syringes in her hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, she might have some kind of deformities. You know, this water's terrible. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was another one. Did you have any, John, before I just keep plowing through those? I did. Um, I, I I think. Uh, do you remember the movie Turner and Hooch? I sure do. Yeah, yeah, that one came to mind. I I think that. Um, I think uh, Turner, the the uh, the 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 detective, would totally be transsexual. <laughs> How did you- and you don't. It's whichever way you want to go with that is is. But either way, he's going to be transsexual, or she will be transsexual. Uh, and then Hooch, the dog. Would have to be on a leash. Yep. Yeah, you would have to have Hooch on a leash. <laughs> Hooch would be on a leash without a collar. It would have a. It would have a vest. The vest now, thing. Now I feel like I want to ask why uh, Turner would be transsexual, but then I feel like this might end up being one of those clips that I get some big shit, and then they come back and listen to this and be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I want to ask about that, but I don't want to get myself fired from some future shit. So. <laughs> no worries. I'll jump. I'll jump in there. That's what I'm here for. That's okay. what I'm here for. So Turner, I, I just he's a he's a straight white man, and I just went totally opposite oh, of a straight white man. Oh, I got and, you. I uh, love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Whew. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. yeah. first of all, part of it is I kind of remember Turner Hooch, but I never remember <laughs> it well enough to know. Well, maybe it would make sense for him to be transsexual. <laughs> so I was like, I was in a whole lot of water that was too deep for me. So that's why I just. Yeah. Thank no, you for that crazy. clarification. So that fits yeah, right in with what we're talking about. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, whew, I won't get fired from some future shit. I feel good. Uh, what about what about married with children? Oh God, that's changing. That's changing. Right? What do you? Yeah, yeah. What would that? What would the? What would today's married with children look like? Like, would it? First and foremost, Al Bundy back in the day was was a homeowner with a stay at home wife and two kids. <laughs> As a shoe salesman, right? So, like, how, where they where they do that at? 
Right. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> is it is he an Instagram influencer now? Is that what he's doing? Like what? Like how did you make sense? enough money selling shoes? <laughs> yeah, for real. And not not that you own the place. No, Just, he didn't. That he was at the mall. He, he was a shoe salesman at the mall on the lower level at the mall. <laughs> Yo, I did not. First of all, for me, the biggest. <laughs> How the hell do they make money? Show was friends for me, but oh, now yeah, I'm, I'm what right you there just with said, you. how the I, hell that, that did that make no sense at all? Support money a wife, kids, dogs. You got to <laughs> just try to do one of them things to understand how hard to fucking do that with shoe sales. Oh yeah, yeah. You so are he was 100 right about that. I don't know what would be like the similar thing that didn't make sense or whatever this day and age. Like I said, Instagram influencer or um, maybe a solar salesman, I think maybe. Uh, he, he also started at, at uh, Married with Children, also did um, Al started a group called No Ma'am in the middle of that. Did you watch? Have, is anybody up on the story? Of that? They used no to ma'am? have the, they used to have the meetings in his garage. <laughs> yeah. I watched That's every sick. episode of Married with Children. Dude, I'm so happy to hear that. Me too. I love that, was, that show. <laughs> no, me too. I love it. Al Bundy was my idol. I don't you, know. And you could definitely not fat shame like Al did. No, right then. no, no. But he, he used to light brutal. them fucking women up. And one thing I will say, I have to give it to him. They made sure that the women were assholes. Like they like yeah, these yeah, were not sure. nice women. <laughs> yeah, so I for think sure. they softened it with that. Yeah. But he yeah, used it, to light them fucking. I mean, oh my no, god! Not not defending Al at all or whatever, but just saying that they uh, they you know they were at, so so his group no ma'am I think would like in this day and age would totally be a domestic terrorism group. <laughs> <laughs> even even in this administration, even in this administration. It would still be a domestic terrorism. So group. they'd be one of these militia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, 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 now that is some sign of the times for real. <laughs> that, that, yeah. So you, so you know exactly what I was talking about with this. Then. I, that, yeah, man. Yeah. So then, so then I thought, um, what was, uh, another one? Oh, uh, ice age. This is a little oh. more recent. But mm-hmm. with the with the polar ice caps, that's just finding Nemo now. I mean, shit's melting. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so that one would change a little bit. What about what about uh, Fern Gully? What about Fern Gully? Now, I don't remember, remember Fern Gully. What's the background on that one? So uh, it was animated, and uh, it, I think it came out in the early nineties, and it was um, uh, basically they 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 were fairies. They they had yeah there was fairies and then the dude came in to like um rescue I don't he didn't rescue the fairies anyway Fern Gully from the nineties this day and age would be a drunk avatar that's what it is that's what it would be that's, now that's that's what it would be now and that's a very niche audience that is going to get that reference but damn it I went for it I promise I promise our audience got some people that know what that meant. <laughs> we got a big old audience. I know some of these thousands of people. Now I didn't know what it meant, but I know our I, well, audience. I, did. I had to jump in on the Fern Gully thing because you referenced the, uh, you know, the, no, but I appreciate it. Forget what I know. I'm culturally liberal. <laughs> we all are in some respects. Very true. So, I think I that's what COVID that. has done, though. I think that's what COVID has done. It's 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 taken all of our cultures that were all different and it's crammed them all together. And I think we're all just restarting. 
Is that what you feel is happening? I think so. I mean, I think that, you know, there's no idea of normal anymore. And yeah, the normal that did exist, stuff. for sure, the normal that did exist, like you said, like everybody had their own idea of what it was and or what it is and things. And, and I think we have a lot more in common now with COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of things have changed, man. But it's good that <laughs> we still, you know, like, Brian said the podcast is is going strong and and people are still consuming, which tells me that people are still hopeful and you know people are still kind of you know they're hanging in there and and they're still doing things that 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 they enjoy and bringing enjoyment and you know it's it's tough on all of us, but I feel like Brian said that the folks that have done things like this, especially on this network have done a good job of hanging in there and trying to provide content. Cause we going through all the same things everybody else going through. So, I, I think this, um, the, the podcast network is doing such a good job with connecting to people and seeing as how we are all like not able to connect physically and in public or whatever is like this. It, it you can feel it coming through everything. And it's really awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting, man. I, 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 I some of our some of our best shows, I think, have happened. Uh, some of them now we've had like amazing celebrity guests and some other things, but some of the stuff we've done on race, culture, and I'm really I'm really proud of some of that stuff we did. And you should be. I, I think, yeah, I think this was um, it, it was a challenging time, but it also brought out some really quality thought and work. We needed it. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt good to kind of have a venue for myself to get certain frustrations off my chest. So it's, you know, I don't have a stage. Right. So, uh, you know, this has been a great platform for me and guests to kind of talk and 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 um, and and experience it all together. So uh, I'm happy that that you got to be a part of this, um, that we could have you here today. So I appreciate you jumping on board with us. Yes, sir. Will. I appreciate you, man. This is always an honor to be here, and I, I really love uh, everything about it. And anytime, just anywhere, let me know. I, I will be back. Well, you know, you know me, man. I, I and Brian knows me. I, in terms of comedy, like I got my guys, and you yeah, know, yeah. You, you know, you one of my guys and one of the people I, I fool with. So uh, uh, I appreciate you, know, you Doug. Yeah, man. I always enjoy having you on, man. And I, like I said, it's just. Your candor is is what's so fun. Like it's the same reason I really like Ryan Van Gender. Like when he performs, if a joke don't hit, he'll say some shit like, "Oh, so I guess I, I like my jokes to hit one at a time," or you know, like <laughs> he'll say, and it could be one of a million things, but that shit is always so funny. And it's like I think I admire it because I've never really had the courage to do that. Like if a joke doesn't hit for me. I just go on to the next shit like it was a TED talk. Like that was just a point. <laughs> but I don't acknowledge that the shit didn't work. Dude, you sound perfect for virtual shows. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, maybe I'm missing my calling. Yo, you try it out, man. They're paying. They're paying. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> my bad. All right. Well, well, uh, JD, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, if people want to keep up with you, find out more information and Funny Bus, if they want to catch a, catch a uh, tour, how can they get that info? Oh, check me out. Uh, website jdcolwell.com, uh, johndouglascolwell.com. It all forwards to the same spot. Uh, then uh, at Instagram, you can check that out uh, at jd underscore colwell. 
and uh, C-O-L-W-E-L-L, FuddyBus.net, and uh, follow them on the Instagrams. And um, that's that's really about it. I I I'm keep I, I'm very low key on the social medias. I don't feel like I <laughs> have a anything to advertise at this point in my life. But um, uh, yeah, follow along. Well, that'll that'll be changing. So I'm excited. Good, good, man. Um, and Brian, what about you? Anything people need to know about? Uh, kind of in a, a quiet period. I did get booked to speak to uh, uh, the Podfest uh, Global Conference in mm. August. Uh, so they're doing an online uh, global uh, podcast conference. I'll be talking about the power of local podcasting uh, <clears throat> to a global audience in August. So that'll Sweet. be fun. fantastic. Yeah. Um, for me. I don't have anything uh, to promote uh, this week, but I did have to take a second and uh, and shout out and uh, say a, a rest in peace to Congressman John Lewis. Um, uh, Amen. Civil, civil rights leader in this in this country. Uh, if you're not familiar with John Lewis, uh, he's worth going and learning about. Um, he I mean, he helped organize the March on Washington. You know, he was part of Bloody Sunday where, you know, he and others marched for civil rights across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, got the life beat out of him to help America start to realize a bunch of the stuff it has promised people. Like these are the people that were dragging America towards the stuff it said in the Constitution so that it could apply it could apply to everybody. Uh, so America is America partially because of uh, where it is today, wherever it is today. That is part partly because of the efforts of. Uh, Congressman John Lewis, uh, former former leader with SNCC, uh, legendary House of Representatives member from uh, the 5th Congressional District in Georgia uh, from 87 until 2020. Uh, and I actually have a personal story related to John Lewis. Uh, here's the kind of uh, guy he is. Uh, <clears throat> when I was in law school, Howard University School of Law, uh, one of my mentors there, uh, Debbie Kim, who uh, she was one of them people that like, I won't say she helped me get through law school, but she was that person that kind of showed me the ropes and cause law school will eat your ass alive. Uh, Debbie was my mentor and she entered an auction and won passes for, or auctioned and got passes for myself and one of her other mentees to have lunch with John Lewis at the Capitol. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So the, but the day we were supposed to go, we go down to his office, we got our, you know, suits on. We can't, you know, me and uh, her name is Phyllis Barney. She was a, another classmate of mine. We down there dressed up, ready to have lunch with John Lewis. And they come in and tell us that he can't make lunch because he was arrested, uh, protesting human Jeez. rights violations. in I think Sudan or somewhere. So the day we were supposed to have lunch with him, John Lewis was busy getting arrested, standing up for people's rights. So that's that's just the kind of person he was. And one of my biggest regrets in life is that I did not reschedule that lunch. Uh, I always thought I would have time. I always said I was going to get back and do it. And one day, one day, one day and one day never came. Uh, So uh, that's my own personal regret. But that is a real side note to the story of John uh, to to what I'm saying about John Lewis, which is a super big time American civil rights icon, gave his life, gave his blood, gave his everything. So that guys like me and you could do stuff like this. So um, yeah, shouts out to, to to John Lewis, man. I had to mention him before we got out of here. Amen. Um, shouts out, dude. Thanks. That was ab- very well said. Very absolutely. well said. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Congressman Lewis. That's all I got for this week, and uh, we will see y'all next time.
The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. How long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road? This is a 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.